Welcome, welcome to the VetGlow podcast, a wellbeing space for the veterinary community in Ireland and beyond. My name is Aoife Smith and I'm a qualified vet nurse and psychologist who is super passionate about helping you to cultivate a peaceful space inside your head. We talk all things mindset, mental health and how to make boundaries your boyfriend. We deep dive into all of your interpersonal relationships and we get you the kick-ass confidence that you absolutely deserve. Are you ready for your veterinary glow up? Keep listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vet Glow podcast. I am your host Aoife as always and as always I hope that wherever you are in the world today you're having a beautiful day. Today is Friday I believe when I'm recording this but you won't be hearing this for a while. I'm doing some pre-recorded content because I am about to go into the second year of my master's in counselling and psychotherapy and I'm so excited about it. I said this last episode but I get to do a thesis this semester, well you know this year and I'm definitely going to focus on the veterinary industry again so I'm really really chuffed to yeah just be exploring that and living my best research life so I'm pre-recording some content for you to keep going um while I'm kind of trying to juggle everything and spin all of my plates Today I have a really exciting episode for you actually that I wanted to record for a while I recorded something similar I think way back when it was like season one and I'm nearly sure it was the second or third episode of the pod and that episode sort of covered caring what other people think and all that surrounds that so I just wanted to I suppose maybe touch on that topic again but look directly at people pleasing this time around and I guess just give you some more updated information I have you know it's I think it's nearly two years since I've recorded that previous episode on caring what others think so I've gained an awful lot more knowledge now in my qualifications and stuff so yeah I'm just gonna update you I guess on and and do a bit more of a deep dive into what caring about other people think actually looks like and what the hell is people pleasing behavior and how can we navigate it I am mainly bringing you this angle today to sort of put across the message that as veterinary professionals we actually can't afford to be people pleasers and we'll really do a deep dive on that statement or that argument over the course of the next two episodes. This is going to be in two parts because it's such a huge broad topic that I'm going to split it in two and you know we can kind of sift our way through all the important information that we have for you. So Today anyway, in today's episode, in part one, I'm going to talk about what does people pleasing behavior look like. I'm going to give you some examples of behaviors. Um, We're going to look at maybe the indicators that you can watch out for that show you that you are perhaps a people pleaser. What I will say on that front though, is that this is not a one minute TikTok video where someone goes, signs that you're a people pleaser and there's, you know, running up that hill by Kate Bush being played in the background and all of a sudden you're going oh god I'm a people pleaser and that's it so that is not what this pod episode is for and if it's a case that you relate to or resonate with or any of the behaviors I list resonate with you you need to take that on board and speak to a professional about that unpack it for yourself and see you know what else there is to be found within that because 
this is not a minute long TikTok video that you're going to just get a self-diagnosis from. Not that people pleasing is a diagnosis. It's not in the DSM. But yeah, like just bear that in mind while we're chatting away today. And um, we're also going to look at where people pleasing behavior comes from. So where where does it stem from? We're going to look at you know caring about what other people think and that it's obsessive nature of you know the need to be liked I'm going to touch a little bit on narcissism as well because unfortunately narcissism is quite common in caring professions it's extremely common in the psychotherapy profession um, and just across the board and in general in caring professions it's it's very very common it's a very common trait that can be found and um unfortunately within the the caring professions narcissism is extremely easy to mask so I'm going to touch on that a little bit for you so that you have more tools in your toolbox you're aware and you know it's been flagged with you um but yeah and then we'll talk about other bits and bobs in the next episode I kind of want to take a look at um do you know like assertiveness like how to be assertive and being seen and allowing yourself to be seen after we talk about everything that we're talking about today so without further ado yeah let's get into it today so firstly what does people pleasing look like what does it appear like what um elements of it exist that you can spot in yourself and others the first thing I'll say is that usually people pleasers have and again I know I'm giving them a label but it's not a diagnosis just please bear that in mind but I am for the sake of this episode going to say people pleasers people pleasers usually on a general level have a lower opinion of themselves just on a general level some people won't like to admit that that's the case and it'll be the case other people will resonate with that immediately and flat out agree with you so it depends on the person but on a general level deep down they tend to have a lower opinion of themselves in comparison to other people and linked to that linked to that then they slip into that cycle of doing in inverted commas I guess in order to receive that reward of praise now don't forget narcissists also love the reward of praise but for a different reason a people pleaser um without an abnormal level of narcissism um receive that reward of praise and praise what does what does praise tell us it tells us that they're liked right so they will look for that praise um in whatever format it comes in in order to have it reaffirmed for them that they are liked which leads me on to the next point is that when you are a people pleaser you need people to like you you feed off people liking you there's that element of external validation that comes in there immediately right the fact that you are um I guess getting your kicks on being liked you need to be liked being liked is a requirement it's not a want it's a need so that can be really debilitating for people because automatically the you know state of the person's mind mindset mood uh, what kind of day they're gonna have automatically is dictated by other people instead of dictated by themselves and that's really unfortunate because you know other people if you know if we if we hand over that responsibility to in a veterinary context everybody we work with imagine going into the prep room and 
your mood and whether or not you're going to have a great day depends on the chaos in the prep room. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the exhaustion of trying to keep up with that? You know, handing your power off to the chaos in the prep room and just hoping to God that everybody in the prep room decides to like you that day. Incredibly stressful. And to be honest, you don't have time for it. You don't have time for it. Um, so that need to be liked is really detrimental to our mental health in veterinary practice. Really, really detrimental. Another thing that you might find yourself doing if you're engaging in people-pleasing behaviours or are a people-pleaser is you find it really hard to say no to people. You find it really, really hard. There's discomfort, physical discomfort in your body. There might be some mental stress with saying no and you find yourself saying yes to things even when the real and authentic and genuine answer is no. Why this is a problem just briefly is that it's incongruent for a start to say no or sorry it's incongruent for a start to say yes if the real answer is no and incongruence takes up energy because we're automatically not showing up as our authentic selves it also might harbor things like or allow things to fester like resentment and it'll start to affect the relationships that you have with your colleagues because you won't be creating genuine connection if you're being incongruent um and it might cause you general stress like we we don't have time for that the job is stressful enough so um you know finding it hard to say no is again one of those really detrimental things to your mental health and practice another one that kind of goes alongside this is something else that you you say and that's the word sorry if you engage in people-pleasing behavior quite often, you'll find yourself saying sorry for just existing. And, you know, you might even say sorry for saying sorry at some at some points. But constantly apologizing for different things that you're doing, like the way that you're walking, the way you're holding yourself, like, you know, different random things throughout your day that you're apologizing for is draining is draining all your energy and it's also again giving your power away to the other people because when we apologize what are we looking for there we're looking for the reassurance of somebody saying that's okay and what happens if you don't get that what happens if you don't see the reassurance that you want? What happens if the person doesn't say anything in return? You know, you don't get that praise. You don't get your little dopamine hit. You don't get your validation. So you're left apologizing or in this constant apologetic cycle. But whether or not you feel better is in, in somebody else's hands. Also, I feel like we're kind of, self-sabotaging there when we constantly apologize because when we apologize we're telling our brain that we've done something wrong and we might not have done anything wrong but if you're constantly apologizing then that tells your brain that you're constantly wrong so if you think that you're constantly wrong is your self-worth going to go up no is your self-esteem going to go up also no so you know, that self-sabotage, sorry, 
isn't doing any favors for our own inner dialogue and our own inner workings either um despite the fact that you know we're handing off whether or not we're going to feel better about ourselves to somebody else anyway that's not in you know what I mean it's not in our hands anymore then because we've, we've handed it off to someone so there's a lot of layers to that onion when you're constantly apologizing and I guess if you're listening to this episode you're listening for a reason so I'd like you to ask yourself I guess in this moment how many times a day you think you say sorry what are the things that you apologize for and I want you to really ask yourself honestly if the apologies or apologies that you have put out into the world in the past have been called for because you'll probably find that more often not than not the answer is no there so yeah constantly apologizing if you do that you need to look at you need to look at what that is for you another thing is you know agreeing with everything or agreeing with what someone else is saying some people call this sheep behavior <laughs> but I think you know sometimes it's sheep behavior but other times it, it is a purposeful thing you will agree with people on purpose because again you want to be liked you don't want to rock the boat you want another person's validation and what better way to get someone's validation than to say you know that you agree with them yeah that is the best song in the world or yes I agree you know that client was really nasty or you know that's a really quick hit for validation is agreeing with someone and when someone sees that you agree with them they enjoy that and like you both get this mutual kick out of it so it is a quick quick fix and it's it's not all that surprising that somebody who engages with people pleasing behaviors or someone who is a people pleaser will just agree with everything that you're saying um I find in in my work that if somebody is incredibly confident and sure of themselves they are a people pleaser magnet so quite often people will try to please them um even though they're just happy out living their best life because they're super self-assured right so they don't need people to agree with them which is the ironic thing isn't it like um you know, if you're super self-assured, if you've got high self-esteem and high self-worth, you don't actually need people to agree with you. You don't care whether or not they agree with you, but the people pleaser will agree with you because they want you to like them. Whereas you're in your head going, I don't care whether you agree with me or not. So it's funny because those two opposites, you know, those opposite types of people can sometimes get caught up in interactions like that um, because the people pleaser might be a little bit intimidated by the person who has high self-worth and really want, wants them to like them but you know the person with high self-esteem and high self-worth is really relaxed really cruisy and you know wants you to have your own opinion in the first place so yeah it's it's ironic isn't it but if you engage within people pleasing behavior agreeing with things or finding yourself agreeing with things a lot if even if you disagree is a is a big kind of flag for you to look at um another thing off the back of that is that for people pleasers authenticity is a struggle so again it's it's linked to congruence as well but being your authentic self 
is a real struggle because if you're being your authentic self then that means that you are automatically giving people the chance to reject you and rejection is not something that people pleasers cope well with so if they are um constantly their authentic self we know that our authentic selves have let's say a yin and yang okay there's good and bad emotions there's good and bad thoughts um there's you know that that balance in every human perhaps maybe not every human um but you know a, a mentally well and okay in inverted commas human will have kind of that balance of good and bad thoughts good and bad emotions etc and good and bad opinions like it's again it's all a yin yang thing whereas if you are a people pleaser you won't want you might want to show the yin but you won't want to show the yang so you will find yourself again agreeing with what other people are saying going along with what other people are doing and constantly trying to be that pleaser and that positive kind of um side of yourself rather than having that negative opinion or being annoyed about something or being upset etc um so authenticity and just being yourself co- becomes this absolutely massive massive struggle which is really unfortunate because let me tell you why if you intend to find your soulmates on this earth you need to give people the chance to reject you it's scary I know but think about it logically if you are allowing everybody to like you to you know get to know your yin self without the yang you are pretty much calling in everybody and anybody um and also it means that you're holding half of yourself back So if you're holding half of yourself back, how do you know which people match the other half of you? (laughs) So what I'm trying to say is, how do you know that other people will match the whole you if you're not showing the whole you? In order to find your soulmates, you have to give people the chance to reject you. The other thing I'll say about that is that it's funny because you won't like everyone in your life, right? you won't I don't and I hope I hope you don't like it's normal to dislike people so like why are you worrying about whether or not people like you if you literally don't like everyone and why are you worrying about not showing your yang when you when you're happy to dance in the in the yin when you don't like other people so why aren't you given your yin and yang and your authentic self there's always opportunities to be authentic life is an opportunity to be authentic and if you're not living as your authentic self and you're living in the yin and chucking out the yang are you actually living like are we living another way I guess of being able to tell if you are a people pleaser or if you engage in people pleasing behavior is to look at the amount of free time that you have so where do you spend your free time what do you spend your free time on what do you spend your free time doing do you do things for others within that free time 
Is your free time and how you use it dictated by others in any way? That can be a real indicator of whether or not you engage in people pleasing. So for example, if every time you have a spare second, you find yourself, you know, bringing shopping to your nanny or, <laughs> um, you know, helping somebody pick out a new car or, you know, you're off organizing something for someone's birthday. Like if your free time is really taken up by doing things for other people and doing favors for other people or dropping things at the last second to meet people for coffee, things like that, you need to ask yourself whether or not people-pleasing behavior is something that resonates with you because our free time should of course be um you know filled with social interactions if that's desired and helping people if you really want to you know chip in and help someone but our free time should also very much be taken up for ourselves like it's called free time for a reason it's it's your time and it should definitely be taken up with the mindset that you are recalibrating yourself and realigning yourself to go back into your work or college or wherever so like free time is always yours and if you don't use it as such maybe just look into that for yourself and check in um another thing with people pleasers they absolutely hate conflict again because people pleasers love to be liked they need to be liked as I've already said and they just absolutely detest conflict because what is conflict? Conflict is a threat that there's a possibility that they're not liked and sometimes for people pleasers let it be known that it's not a case where people pleasers you know don't want to be liked on a general level don't want to be not liked I guess on a general level um you know somebody could be not liked in a moment if someone is arguing with them but even one moment of an argument is too much to handle so you know if it's a case that you're within conflict just check in with yourself and see how you feel like are you really upset by it do you get stressed and nervous and anxious and you know, does your world turn upside down? Do you go into a tizzy basically because there's the slightest sniff of conflict in the air? You know, how is your reaction to that? So they're all kind of different ways that we can people please and examples of people pleasing behavior showing up. I guess if we're to look at veterinary practice examples, just in case I can, you know, solidify this further for you. If you have, you know, a need for other people to like you, it might be a case that you do them favors really often. So you might spend your money bringing cakes every morning to the practice and you might make everyone a cup of tea. Although it's very nuanced. So you might not be a people pleaser and you might not have a need to be liked. You just might want to get everyone cakes and tea. (laughs) So like... If it's a case that you are getting everyone cakes and tea, you need to ask yourself, is it coming from a people pleaser mentality or are you really securing yourself? Your self-worth is high, your self-esteem is high and you're bringing cakes and tea for the laughs, you know? Um, If it's a case that you find yourself apologizing for everything, 
you know say you're I don't know a surgery nurse or something and so you're really really active in surgery maybe it's just you and you're getting equipment passing equipment um setting up you know all those lovely things and maybe you find yourself apologizing for lots of things that you do that aren't your fault maybe look at that for yourself and point out the things that maybe are due apologies and the things that aren't um again like agreeing with everyone (laughs) we particularly do this around clients we might agree with everything they say but like on the inside we're like no like this person doesn't know what they're talking about so for me personally for example I would never agree with a client if I thought that they were wrong I would just listen so what is it that you're doing with your clients that indicates or doesn't indicate that you engage with people pleasing behavior um particularly if it's something like the constant apologies it's hard to say no agreeableness like they're all things that can show up really quickly with clients especially angry clients so maybe have a look at that for yourself um and yeah like what are you doing in your free time are you going to work to say hi (laughs) I don't go to work to say hi and you shouldn't either um yeah like what are you doing are you popping in on your day off to get something done yeah just maybe look at that for yourself if that's the case um so yeah so let's maybe take a look at where people pleasing comes from what is the root of people pleasing can we get to the root of people pleasing is there a few causes is there one cause so the root of people pleasing is an individualized thing um it can have one factor or many um but the main sort of vibe I guess of the root of people pleasing is that people pleasing is is generally generally tends to be based in trauma um and or experiences of rejection so trauma can bring about people pleasing because what happens is when we are children we depend on the adults around us to survive okay if it's a case that any all some of the adults around us are not physically supportive as in physically present or indeed physically supportive like they don't help us physically to do things um or if they are not emotionally supportive you're lacking that emotional uh support we can you know become very very vulnerable to not surviving basically our brain tells us right there's something wrong here something is going awry especially if we're experiencing traumatic circumstances as well so if the adults around us again one some all are not physically and emotionally supportive but perhaps there's also traumatic scenarios um maybe there's you you know you've experienced death um addiction issues in a family um there's so many different various types of trauma that can circulate within a family system and because we're seeing trauma and we're also seeing that lack of physical and emotional support our mind goes okay we are we're really vulnerable to death here we might not survive this so what is the best way to get around this and what is the best way to survive 
is to please the people that unfortunately the trauma is coming from. So we will please the abusive people. We will please the emotionally unintelligent. We will please the unhelpful. We will please the people who don't care. We will please all of these people in the goddamn hopes that we survive this, that we get through this. Because if they like us, they will continue to take care of us and we will not die. So that's what our brain tells us. The ego is mostly responsible for that. And the ego is very active when we're children because again, the ego allows us to um, make sure we survive. And the ego is super loud at that age because it needs to be, you know, we're small, we're vulnerable and we can't do things for ourselves. So we absolutely have to be liked by the people around us in order to survive. Where that extends is adulthood. We then start to decide we need to be liked by everybody in order to survive. And we forget that that people-pleasing behavior that once served us, and it did serve us, people-pleasing serves you so well as a child. And kids are often shamed for it. And I think that's awful because it's serving them well. It's all they know how to do. It's all they know how to grasp at. Um, but as an adult, people-pleasing behavior doesn't give the same effects anymore. And it's not worth doing anymore because it doesn't, doesn't matter so much. If someone doesn't like you as an adult, you don't die. If somebody doesn't like you as an adult, you're still going to get fed. You're still going to, you know, get into PJs and go to bed. As an adult, if somebody doesn't like you, you're still going to get your eight hours of sleep. You're still going to be able to have a shower, hopefully, and take care of yourself and have, have access to basic human rights, even if somebody doesn't like you. So the people-pleasing behavior is a trauma response. It's a response to trauma that you experienced in your past at some point, but it's not needed anymore. And sometimes that can be hard to hear because some people feel a little bit silly that they let it go on this long because they it's all they knew. But now that you know you don't need to people please anymore, you can move forward. Anything before this moment, you did your best with the information you had at the time. But trauma is a huge, huge um, factor involved in whether or not you're going to display people pleasing behaviours as an adult. The other thing that can tie into that um, is rejection and your experience of rejection. You don't always have to experience trauma and rejection together. They're not the same thing. They're not one in the same and they can be linked, but they're not always linked. So you may not have had um, any experience with trauma as a childhood. Again, trauma is really subjective as well. So I want you to bear that in mind that trauma doesn't necessarily mean death and destruction. Trauma can mean an emotionally unsupportive parent and that has, has left you a bit of a mess as an adult. So um you know, trauma is very, very subjective and what's traumatic to you might not be traumatic to someone else. So I want you to take trauma and know that it's a really broad term and it's very individual and it's very subjective. So um, yeah, but rejection doesn't have to come along with trauma. You might not have experienced any trauma in your opinion, but you may have experienced rejection. So rejection in childhood can look like um, you know, when you're in primary school and somebody might just be a bit of a bully and they 
tell you that you're ugly or that you're stupid or that you're weird and you're rejected for being who you are. So when you're rejected for being who you are, of course you're going to, you know, back to the yin-yang, only show your yin. You don't want to show everyone your yang because nobody likes that. You haven't got that positive reinforcement for that. So we're only showing, you know, the parts of us that people like and people enjoy. And we're apologizing for existing because parts of our being have been pointed out as not enough or have been rejected by others so of course we're going to apologize for existing we're going to then start to agree with what everyone says but when we start to agree with what everyone says we start to agree with the bad stuff also so somebody might say you're weird and you might agree um that's when authenticity is a massive struggle for kids um as well and you know children at that age as well can be really a primary school age sorry can be really upset by conflict and really really just have a meltdown if there's conflict because they need to be liked either in order to survive in order to not feel rejected or both so that's kind of where people pleasing starts to form is within traumatic experiences and or some form of experience in which we have been rejected. I have two separate episodes on trauma. So I would recommend that if the um, traumatic end of things resonated with you in any way, I'd recommend going ahead and giving those two episodes a listen. I'll link them in the show notes for you so that you can just click on, click in and have a listen um, just for some extra resources and extra support there. And if it's a case as well that you need to unpack that with a professional, go ahead and do that. I would encourage that. And there's also some free services in Ireland that you can get help from as well so I'll leave all of those resources in the show notes I have a highlight on my Instagram page as well I'm at Veclo and there are numerous um contact numbers and things on there that you can have a little look at as well so we are not without resources for you while we're having these chats today um but yeah that's kind of the root of people pleasing I wanted to touch on caring what other people think off the back of that um in adulthood because Again, the people-pleasing behaviors, they're not needed anymore, but we still use them. Um, And caring what other people think can really run deep. Now, this is where I want to chat a little bit about narcissism. And I've spoken about narcissism on numerous occasions before. Um, But I kind of want to chat about like what is narcissism and what it looks like purely because um there is unfortunately a huge amount of narcissism in caring professions but it can also look like people pleasing behavior but they've got it turns out this person's got this extra layer an extra narcissistic layer to their onion So what is narcissism, right? So the Oxford Dictionary says that it's an excessive interest in or admiration of oneself and one's physical appearance. I laugh there because it's, um, when you read it out loud like that and so bluntly, it's quite absurd, isn't it really? But it's very, very common trait. So in psychology, um, it's that kind of selfish, selfishness that involves a sense of entitlement, a lack of empathy and a need for admiration. 
and that is a characterizing personality type okay so it's that need for admiration it's kind of an extra step up isn't it from a need to be liked you need people to admire you and you're absolutely obsessed with people's perception of you because empathy doesn't really come into play in within a narcissist people's perception is everything because empathic connection is is not present so people's perception of you and their adoration and admiration for you is the most kind of emotionality that you're gonna get with a narcissist um so this manifests right as a grandiose sense of self-importance okay um you can have fantasies of extreme success fixation on power brilliance beauty and or ideal love so it's that real focus and fixation on themselves via other people's perception of themselves um so in veterinary practice what does narcissism look like I spoke about this on my Instagram page before actually so I'm kind of um going back over that now so have a little look on my page for that post but in veterinary practice that usually looks like a lack of empathy towards patients and colleagues um a fixation on client praise and public recognition that's a that's a huge one um if you're super duper crazy worried about google reviews and facebook comments ask yourself does that come from people pleasing or does that come from i need adoration if i'm not seeing that on my google reviews on my facebook then I am in turmoil um don't get me wrong narcissists can do a bit of people pleasing but the overall aim is for adoration and admiration it's not the need to be liked and survive right very different things um narcissists can also treat students poorly um or treat colleagues in inverted commas below them incredibly poorly as well because they need to or have a need to display that they are on top so again they influence people's perception of them potentially so that they can be more admired and looked up to I guess um there's also sometimes an excessive focus on wealth um that is a huge one in veterinary I don't know how to sugarcoat or you know help you down onto the landing pad with this one like if there's an excessive focus on wealth that is a narcissistic angle to take you might not have a narcissistic personality disorder but like or be a narcissist but it is narcissistic to have an excessive focus on wealth especially in a caring profession um now I'm talking about excessive focus okay so I don't want you thinking that I don't want you to earn the correct amount of money or that you know you should be earning less money than you're earning or anything like that it's absolutely okay to ask for the correct wage everybody should be receiving the correct wage for the work they do but excessive focus on wealth is narcissistic um and also there's a sense of entitlement there so they might sense that they are entitled to that wealth for example or that they're entitled to treat students poorly or or their colleagues poorly um, they're entitled to the good uh, Google reviews they're entitled to the good Facebook comments um, so yeah that's kind of what narcissism looks like in practice it's a really intense thing but do you see how it can get a little bit lost in practice because 
all of those things that I've read out there, they're, some of them are kind of, um, there's a crossover there between narcissism and say people pleasing behaviors or other other types of behaviors um, or angles. So it's really easy to mask narcissism in practice, which is so, so unfortunate. Um, on a general level though, people pleasing itself, we'll talk about narcissism, I guess, in another episode and kind of how to handle narcissism. It's very complex and very complicated. So we don't like really have time to delve into it in this particular episode or the next two episodes, but I'll hit the nail on the head for you soon with that, hopefully. Um, why I brought it in though is kind of to highlight that it is there. There is a difference between narcissism and people-pleasing and, you know, there there is a massive difference between the two. Um, And unfortunately, narcissism is extremely easy to mask. And narcissists love to mask things because you see their empathy button doesn't work. So um, they don't have those genuine empathetic, empathetic, empathetic and compassionate connections with humans um, or other humans, I should say. Um, So they, you know, they, yeah, they, they decide to kind of engage in those behaviors in order to gain that admiration and adoration. Um. People pleasing though ultimately leads to feelings of frustration, stress. You can be burnt out just by people pleasing. So considering the fact that you can be burnt out by people pleasing alone, but you're also at a really high risk of being burnt out from your profession, okay? Because burnout rates are so high in the veterinary profession right now. Remember earlier when I said that you can't afford to be a people pleaser in veterinary? This is why. (laughs) The amount of energy that people pleasing takes up in the veterinary industry is just something that we can't afford. We can't afford to lose our energy purely on people pleasing alone when we're already burnt out, when we're already stressed, when we're already feeling frustrated, when we're already coming out of a two-year pandemic not knowing our booty from our elbow okay we can't afford to be people pleasers on top of all of that another reason we can't afford to be people pleasers is because if we are people pleasers our clients walk all over us if we are people pleasers we are less likely to be able to and want to teach our clients how to treat us we are more likely to allow our clients to run rings around us And that does not contribute to, you know, a happy, stress-free life in veterinary. It contributes to stress. It contributes to burnout. So we absolutely cannot afford to, you know, people please within this already stressful and already complex profession, which contains already stressful and already complex issues at the moment that nobody seems to be solving. So being that people pleaser is all well and good when you're a child and you're experiencing trauma or you're experiencing rejection there's some element of your childhood experience and your teen experience maybe that you know it served you to be a people pleaser in those instances but it doesn't serve us now it no longer serves us right and people pleasing in adulthood you know, again, it's nuanced and there are individuals out there where, you know, you might find people pleasing works. For example, if there's an adult in an abusive situation and stuff, obviously 
I'm not speaking on that terms. What I'm saying is that as an adult, as a healthy, you know, functioning, nothing too serious happening in your life, adult, people pleasing is an old behavior that no longer serves you. It's an old pattern of behavior that is now stale and stagnant and we need to just cut it. We need to cut it. Um, so yeah, I think today I'll leave it there for today. And then in our next episode, we're going to talk about assertiveness and being seen and how we can get around our people pleasing behavior and train ourselves out of being people pleasers. Because again, it's an old behavior. We don't have time for it anymore. It only adds to our stress, our frustration, our burnout, and we need to be finding ways now as a profession, as a community to move forward. So yeah, I'll see you next episode. In the meantime, take care of yourself. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Vet Glow podcast. As always, come say hey on Instagram. I'm at Vet Glow and I'll see you in the next step.